I am Ben Doc Askins, the psychedelic science war storyteller, and this is the Anti-Hero's Journey Podcast. Hey everybody, Doc here. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want it to be possible for me to continue to make it, then I'm going to need you to go to my store at antiheroesjourney.com and buy my audiobook and my ebook in one of the many translations available, or go to shop and pick out some of my stuff t shirts and hats and pet bandanas and bikinis and scented candles and all sorts of nonsense, all the things you could ever want and never need. And get 10% off with the code, all caps, FRIEND10. Go to antiheroesjourney.com and use the code, all caps, FRIEND10 to get 10% off anything that you could ever want there. I appreciate your support. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, what's going on, anti-heroes? Doc here, bringing you another one of my Q5 podcasts where I ask some of my favorite questions to some of my favorite people out there. I've got Denise Rue with me. She is a licensed clinical social worker and clinical hypnotherapist. For over three years, she worked as a retreat leader and a lead therapist at a legal psilocybin retreat center in Jamaica, overseeing approximately 1,500 psilocybin sessions, Jesus Christ, and as many group integration sessions. Denise has a profound respect for the healing potential of psychedelic medicines, as well as a deep sense of the responsibility practitioners hold in shepherding people on their journeys. Denise has a private practice in New Jersey specializing in individuals with complex trauma, especially adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. Denise is a trainer for fluence training, teaching a certificate course in psilocybin-assisted therapy. This spring, Denise founded the New Jersey Psychedelic Therapy Association, which focused on education regarding the intentional use of psychedelic medicines, advocacy for passage of sensible and non-stigmatizing drug laws, and support for the providers who do this challenging and rewarding work. Denise, it's an honor to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here. So let's just get the ball rolling with question number one. What's your story? Okay. I feel like the story has the surface level and the deeper level. So I'll start with that deeper level, which has always guided me however that manifested at different stages of my life. So I, I come from a place of, you know, believing that I am, that this world is not all there is. I'm not a material reductionist. I believe in that I'm a spiritual being, that I incarnated in this little monkey suit here. And that my inner life and connection with spirit, however I've defined it over the decades, that's been very important for how who I've been in, in the world. So, I mean, my story has been, I could define myself as someone who's been fueled by knowledge and growth, inner growth, 
and the abiding principle of, of service, service to others. And that has manifested in my life as being a therapist. Initially, I worked as a speech language therapist, and that was my first career. And I, I worked with profoundly disabled children and adolescents and neurologically impaired adults. And then I was really, really fortunate to, to get a lot of ed education in my life and to be able to explore different avenues that were interesting to me. And then I moved into poetry and I was lucky to get my MFA in poetry. Then I was working teaching poetry in schools and nursing homes. And poetry has been a big part of my life. And then I became interested in hypnosis and got certified in clinical hypnosis and medical hypnosis and had my own practice. Then my brother died at age 61 of cancer and that got me interested in working with people in hospice. So that became an avenue. And then that's why I got into social work, because I wanted to learn more about the human mind. And then that serendipitously led me into psychedelics and becoming a psychedelic-assisted therapist and working at a retreat, which has led me to you know, to be a teacher now and a mentor at Fluence Training and to start this organization. And this is all along the timeline of also being, you know, going through these manifestations. I was daughter, both my parents are dead now, sister, wife, my husband's deceased now, and, and mother and friend, and cousin, and, and in relationship. And my spiritual life has been very, very important to me throughout all of that. So I think that's, those are different layers of what my whole story is. Yeah, that's a, you know, an incredible story in a nutshell there that you were a speech pathologist, is that what you'd said? I mean, that's working with people who are dealing with difficulty with the basic biological mechanics of speech in the first place. Like some of them need training just to swallow probably in the patient's population that you're talking about dealing with, right? So the basic mechanics of language was where you started your story there and then moved into poetry, which is like the highest use of, you know, the symbols of language that you could possibly have, like you're playing with the meaningfulness of the noises that we can make with the hole under our nose, right? And then trekked out into hypnotherapy from there, right? Like there's the explicit things and the implicit things all matter in poetry, but then you move into, you know, hypnosis and you're getting into whatever you call it, the subconscious or the unconscious or the collective consciousness or, or whatever, right? And then rolled past that into psychedelic assisted psychotherapy, like just moving from helping people who can't even swallow on their own to like 
whatever psychedelics are traveling through dimensions or spiritual planes or just your, you know, the interior of your soul like that. It's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, it's been, I'm so fortunate, so fortunate to have so many different incarnations, to have the privilege of following how I wanted to develop personally and, and how I would take that and, and move it into working with others. I've been really, really fortunate. Well, and, and I can hear the, you know, the sincerity and the genuineness in there that you've, that you've been able to be a healer and that you're grateful to have been in that role is a really big deal. So given, uh, you know, the first question's a bit about your past, right? What's your story? How do you tell about the things that you've done and that have happened to you? And then the second question orients us a bit more towards imagination and towards the future. So I ask people about what are your intentions? Where are you taking your story? What are you writing moving forward? Yeah, that's such a, a great question. And I've tried to be really mindful of that so when I came back from working at the retreat in Jamaica, that was in December of 2022, and it was it was kind of a dropkick back into, you know, the states and really a change in life, and it, it happened very suddenly. So I was like, oh, what do I do now? Because I certainly couldn't do the same because the legality situation of psychedelics in New Jersey, I'd always kept a little private practice, psychotherapy practice. So I put my energy into that. So I'm investing my energy into my private practice, working with clients as a therapist, utilizing the skills that, that I have. And I love being a therapist. So I'm putting energy there. And then I, I really had to find my way when I got back here. And it was a difficult time for me personally. And I is kind of did a deep dive into my prayer life in, and, and to the, the Black Madonna. If you're aware of the Black Madonna and... And so the, so now can, can you tell me more about the black Madonna? I'm, I'm yeah. not familiar. So I grew up Catholic and, and have had a devotion might be too strong of a word, but, but the presence of mother Mary was sort of abiding in my life. And then when I came back here and I was going through a dark time, the, archetype of the Catholic virgin. It's very anesthetized, you know, she's very white and she's very perfect and she's a virgin. And just with what I was going through, which was really blood and guts, it just didn't speak to me. And so I, so I'd heard about the Black Madonna, but I, but I started reading more about her and reading books on the Black Madonna. And she's, she, she exists in, in, in statues and paintings. Um, I believe the, the first Black Madonna was found in Poland. 
she's very earthy. I mean, her skin is black, so she she calls to the disenfranchised, and she she speaks to to me and and many women and many men who are going through dark times, and it's to do a deep dive into her meant I was going into the depths of my psyche and the blood and the soil of it, you know, these, these really deep, deep layers that, that were painful, but they held riches. And I just, I kind of needed an archetypal force to go with me. I also found a Jungian analyst at that time to help me with my dreams because something wanted to be born. And this archetype is all about death and rebirth, right? The transformative process. And I knew that something was dying, something had to die from my old life. So I had to go through a birth process and that's painful. So just having the dark Madonna as a fellow traveler on that path was a kind of grace and a kind of presence that that I needed in a dark time. So as I was was healing and and having to make a living and you know kind of be in the world in a very real way I just like, okay, show me, show me what I'm supposed to do. Like, how can I take my talents and be in service? And so doing my private practice was one way that I felt assured of. I I couldn't work with psychedelics legally anymore. And and then on a whim, I just reached out to Elizabeth Nielsen at Fluence Training. We had I'd done a training with with Fluence very early on. And I said, hey, I'm back from Jamaica. I'd like to do some writing. Can you give me some places where I might be able to publish? And she said, well, we'd love to have you come and and work with us. So that was a blessing. And then then as I was was, doing that and doing my private practice, but really lonely because I had been living in community in Jamaica and I'm plunked back here in New Jersey. And yeah, I have a few pockets of good friends, but I hadn't been here for three years. So I hadn't really been working on my relationships here. So it was really lonely. And I just, one morning I just said, I got to find my tribe. And I, and I literally just went on meetup and said, okay, New Jersey Psychedelic Therapy Association. I don't know what I'm doing, but let me create a logo first and let me just find out who's out there. And people have come. And it's been such a blessing. And so that's coming into creation, right? And we're we're starting to advocate for passage of the psilocybin bill that is that was introduced by the Senate president in New Jersey. So we're advocating for that and going to be starting, you know, webinars and provide support for the therapists doing this work. But 
I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just putting the energy out there and attracting good people who do know what they're doing. And we're just bringing something into being that wants wants a voice. We're, we're, we're the feet on the ground. And, and it feels like it was in the ethos. And it just took someone to kind of like, okay, let's just constellate that energy. So, so that's what I'm trying to bring into to allow this to flourish in my life, these different aspects and, you know, growing myself personally and spiritually. Strategic navigators reduced my income tax bill by over 50%. These guys save entrepreneurs anywhere from 40 to 60% on their income taxes. Click the link in the description to schedule a call and see what these guys can do for you. If you enjoy paying as much as possible in taxes, then just ignore everything I just said. Yeah, you've kind of anticipated the fourth question a little bit, which is what are you creating? I wonder if you'd be willing to tell us a bit more about the advocacy work in New Jersey or this, you know, the New Jersey Psychedelic Therapist Association. If you want to flesh some of that out, that'd be super interesting. What else might you be creating as well? Do you still write poetry? I don't. I'm, I, it's always there. I'm always reading it. I'm not putting the energy in there to write it, submit it for publication. But in in a lot of the things that I'm reading, especially a lot of Jungian writers, I mean, they're always incorporating poetry and myth. So so I'm I'm still swimming in it. So the organization, the New Jersey Psychedelic Therapy Association, one of our arms is is advocacy. So to advocate for passage of the psilocybin behavioral health and access bill, which is very much an echo of the Oregon bill to set up service centers, psilocybin service centers in the state so people can come for healing and for for human flourishing. I'd like to see more of a what's ha- happened in Colorado, which is the personal use bill. I don't believe we should be legislating plant medicine. People have the right to use these medicines for their evolution, but it has to be done within the container of harm reduction and, and education. And in a larger container, I think, than we presently have in, in the Western society where uh, these medicines are being used in relationship with, with great reverence and respect, not used like, like pills, like antidepressants or things, it's that we're using, that, that we're actually in relationship with it. So I think that's a bigger, a bigger goal, if you will, to start changing mindsets surrounding the medicine. But, you know, time is, time is of the essence. 
because people are suffering. People are really suffering traditional means of even the best therapy, certainly medications. They're just falling short. So we have these medicines, we have research, we have hundreds and if not thousands of years of indigenous use to draw on. And so this, the, the, the slowness of policy, that's frustrating for me, especially after working so expansively with this, with psilocybin in Jamaica, in an environment where it was legal and where you could do group work. So that would be my ideal is if across the country, across the world, that people who are trained and respectful of these medicines can do individual and group work to help healing and, and to help heal people and to help in the evolution of our consciousness. Yeah, try to help. Jersey catch up with Jamaica. I like it. If people in New Jersey wanted to learn more about the bill or do something to support the, you know, the vision that you're casting here, is there a place that they could go look for that information and get involved or take action themselves? Yeah, we we have a website, New Jersey Psychedelic Therapy Association njpta.net. We aren't the other parent teacher association <laughs> and just just join and and work with us now going backwards to the third question asking the third question fourth you've also kind of alluded to this a little bit but i always ask people what are you grateful for so much so much so much well i always have to start with that i'm grateful for my children they're grown they're flown they're amazing human beings, really brave. Um, one lives in Tanzania, one lives in Berlin. They're just very good, kind human beings. I couldn't be prouder. So, where in Tanzania? Um, near Arusha. So okay. My son lives yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, he's he's happiest if he can just be out in the bush with his Maasai friends. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where he loves to be. So I'm, I'm so grateful for them. I am grateful for everything that has brought me to this place. You know, the love that I've received from people that are no longer in my life. I've been so, so, so blessed. Blessed to have a father who really honored his children and worked hard and made me value education and my religious upbringing. I mean, as a Catholic, it, it, yeah, there were aspects that were very perverted about that upbringing that I had to work through that certainly didn't empower me or enrich me. But I'm grateful for that foundation in believing that there's something greater, right, than just degrees on the wall or the kind of car that I drive or the house that I own. 
because in the end, none of that matters, right? That's not going to be what I'm thinking about on my deathbed. I'm going to be thinking about who have I loved? How is the world a richer place because of my presence? And so I was given very good values by my parents. So I'm grateful for that, grateful for my ancestors on both sides. I really like really badass women <laughs> on, on both sides, really brave, brave women, honorable men of, of integrity. So I really am grateful for my foundation and the fact that I've been able to live in different places like California and New York City and Jamaica and that I've continued to grow. I, I'm, I'm very grateful that I've tried in life. I mean, I tell my kids, you can put that on my tombstone. She tried. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, I, I put a lot of effort into, into things. So I've been mixing it up and I'm, I'm grateful that I've had the health and the spiritual support and the support from my loved ones to do that. You know, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to, to have a, a work life, a career, a vocation, right? That when so many people are just kind of slogging through meaningless jobs, I've always had meaning in my work. And that's been a, a thread that has followed me. And I, and I have to thank especially my father for that. I could go on. There's lots that I'm thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite thankfulness. That's a good thing to have. <laughs> so we talked about where you're coming from and where you're going and what you're grateful for and what you're creating with all of that energy. So that brings us to our fifth and final question. Who are you really? Well, I like to think that everything that I've said up to here has been authentic. And I mean, there's certainly parts of me, my shadow, that I don't know yet. And, and, and I'm, I'm trying to do my best to dig into that because that's where the goodies are, right? But I mean, I, I like to think that I'm someone who is really trying to act from love and I acknowledge I miss the mark plenty of times. And that comes from when I'm suffering. And I try to acknowledge that when people miss the mark, that it's coming from suffering as well. But I'm someone who is trying to grow and develop and to be courageous and take leaps of faith especially as I get older. This is a beautiful, beautiful time. I mean, I'm no longer maiden. I'm no longer mother. I mean, I'm always mother, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm embracing that, the archetype of the sage at my age. And that is such a rich area 
And I, I'm trying to to dive into that, you know, with gusto, with courage. I'd like to find more fellow travelers to take that journey with me. I think that will come more and more. It's a wonderful answer. Do you have any final thoughts for our audience? Oh, well, I would say take risks. Take risks because... And life, yeah, sure, plan, absolutely. But the good stuff doesn't happen in the blueprint, right? To own that there are greater forces out there, these energies that if we're open and we tap into them, they can fuel us right? Like I, I never, I never planned in my life, I'm going to go to Jamaica and work at a psilocybin retreat. I hadn't even done psychedelics until I was 59, right? And it was never in my life plan. And yet an opportunity arose and it was scary to leave safety behind. I had a good job and, you know, it was a union job. And in three years, I was going to be vested. And, you know, well, do I stick around for three years or do I take this leap of faith? And I did. And I was really, it was such a rich time, such a blessed time, such a difficult time in many ways. But I'm so glad that I took that risk. So, as I get older, I take more risks. I say yes. There's just no excuses because as time gets limited, when you're, when you're closer to the finish line, I find myself risking more and taking more leaps of faith. So just like put everything into it. Yeah. And don't trust your thoughts. That's not who we are. Well, I like those final words that you have there. I was going to say thoughts, but you said not to trust them, so I'm not going to say that. Well, be skeptical. And, uh, it's been a pleasure hosting you on here. Thank you. So fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Doc out.